You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview for Villa's game against Crystal Palace at Villa Park tomorrow, 2pm kickoff. This show is sponsored by Luke Roper. If you want to get 20% off everything they have to offer, including sale items, just use the code TVV20 and that will get you the 20% off that I just mentioned. Slight disclaimer before we start, the lunatics are running the asylum. Myself and Neil are on with no producer, so really anything could happen. Please let us know in the live chat that everything's okay, that you can hear us, that everything's coming through as it should, because, yeah, Neil and I are not really a technical bone in either of our bodies, but we will see what happens. Hopefully Neil's going to put himself on the screen. There he is. Neil, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good. I mean, we could be putting the show out to absolutely nobody, and me and you had just have a nice chat about about Villa in front of our it's own all good. laptop. Producer, we'll producer Adam has just commented there to say, "Why are we so late?" <laughs> I'll tell you what, we don't, even, we don't even need a producer. No need for no need for a producer at all. We can do it ourselves, Neil. But you good? No, we do. We need a producer. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. You okay? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Sun is splitting the rocks here in Ireland, and uh, I've been off for most of the week. So, um, yeah, I'm nice and chill. Yeah, because we were so late coming on because we were having all kinds of issues. I actually watched the penalty shootout against West Brom before I came on. It filled me with utter joy before I came, before <laughs> I came on the video. I just want to just want to say I'm going to embarrass him a little bit. I say what a hero Jed Steer is. He was at the Player Awards on Thursday, like speaking to all the fans, like loads of time for everyone, and everyone was telling him what a hero he is. He just doesn't believe yeah. it. He's so humble. He just doesn't believe it at all. So I think everyone needs to go on Twitter today and let Jed Steer know how much they love him because without him, we're not previewing Premier League games now. No, 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 no. And, and it's like, it's an iconic stare, especially amongst uh, amongst Villa fans. Like that stare. Well, to be honest with you, when well, he did it, it, it I was, think I It wasn't a stare. It wasn't a stare, but we, we won't get into that. I don't like to spoil the story, although I just have. He was actually looking at Neil Cutler, who was giving him right. instructions from the side. He wasn't actually staring at him, but yeah. We like to we like the illusion of the stare though because it just looks so good and it obviously intimidated Holgate in some way because he you missed his penalty. It was funny because I remember when I was watching it, I started laughing. I was there, what's he doing? He's within an inch of his face. Yeah, same. I was there. That is brilliant, and I literally I was laughing out loud at it. And then all of a sudden, obviously, what happened afterwards happened, and I was there. That's brilliant. Put that in a t-shirt. That's what it's for. <laughs> Four years ago, that or three years ago, two thousand eighteen. 2019, so four, years ago. four years ago since I sat in the Hawthorns. Jeez, yeah. the worst experience I've ever had. Two of those years are void, null and void because of COVID. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, probably the worst experience I've ever had at a football match that game four years ago
physically and mentally ill the whole way through that game. It was just awful. A horrible, uncomfortable game in the penalty shootout. Although we obviously smashed it in relative terms, it was still grim having to, having to go through that. Absolutely horrible. But we won't have to go through anything like that tomorrow at Villa Park. It's Villa v Crystal Palace in the battle for a top half finish now. And I'll be honest, I want that top half finish now. Yeah, I think I do too. Yeah, um, just after getting a comment in there, it was only three years ago. So, um, uh, good maths from uh, us. Yeah, I just went along with it. Well. Yeah, four years, four years, 2019. <laughs> it's hard with COVID. You lose track of the years. Give us, let us live for Nan Jeremy. I can't even say that. For Nan Jeremy. Yeah, sorry. I did, I did, oh, 2019 sounded right to me, but yeah, 2019, so three years ago. So, the strides Villa have made actually in that time, you know, three years ago, you're saying we're signing Philippe Coutinho. In 2022, I think we'd have all laughed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, look, it's it's a big, it's a big. Um, I think it's a big banner moment for the club. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think that like obviously he's been here on loan, and I think it's kind of gone under the radar a small bit as well that we've signed him um, on a full term deal. But uh, look, for a lot cheaper than said, the originally agreed fee as well. That, a lot cheaper. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And it just to me, it, it, when we signed him on loan, it smells like. Remember when Spurs signed like the Van der Vaart and they were signing and they had uh, they actually signed Modric, I think, in around the same time as well. And that was really the catalyst for them to kind of really kick on and to and to kind mm. of make themselves more of a European name because they were they're at, like Van der Vaart was at the, the, the peak of his powers good, good, um, good at that player. stage. And uh, yeah, he really was. And then obviously Modric then grew in there and uh, Van der Vaart, I think, came from Real Madrid and Modric went to Real Madrid. So, you know, it really put them on the map with regards to Galacticos and and uh, doing business with the big teams. Now we're doing business with the big teams and uh, hopefully we can capitalize on that and that good press uh, in and around Europe and in and around the world football, I suppose, now over the rest of the transfer window. Well, we've all done business with Barcelona, mate. Like I'm a Triora. <laughs> And, and under Andy Lerner, we've done business with Barca before. Birmingham, what I'm saying get, though is that get Birmingham getting that ashtray in their in their cabinet. Everyone's done business with with uh, Barcelona, mate. Yeah, I know, but I, but what what I mean by that is like obviously you've you've got a Champions League and World Cup winner and stuff. No, like I know. So see, it's a, it's a different prospect. It's a different prospect. No, I mean, will he play? Will he play tomorrow? I assume he will, but then. It's difficult because I don't think you drop Ings or Watkins. Obviously, Watkins' is fitness, we're not 100% sure whether he's going to play at the time of recording. Ings hasn't really played much on his own up front since the first few weeks of the season when Watkins was injured. So if he doesn't play Watkins, you assume Wendell would come in. But again, these options, having these options in attack, people make out like it's a bad thing on social media. It's a great thing to have all these options to choose. So it's a great thing that Emi Wendell can't get in the team because he's a good player. Absolutely. You know, that that's what you want. You want to be able to, you know, to to bamboozle teams to start with one with one nine, two tens, two tens, one nines, keep teams guessing, start with maybe push people out wide. Coutinho can go out wide, Buendia can go out wide. Who says tomorrow he doesn't play with two sixes and play Carney at ten and uh and the two guys wide? You know, the options are there and he's shown a propensity to experiment. I myself think that it will be just Ings up top. I don't think there's a need to risk Watkins if he isn't 100%. Up until yesterday, he hadn't trained all week. So, mm. you know, I know, it is, I know it is a Sunday game, so maybe he 
he trains today or he trained late yesterday evening or maybe he was doing gym work or whatever, but he hadn't been out in the field um, for the whole week. So maybe we may not see him from the start, which is absolutely terrible news for my fancy football team. Oh, I'm embroiled in a battle at the bottom of the league. Uh, it's a draft league, so you, like, I don't know if any of you guys are in those yeah, draft I know leagues. What it is, I much yeah. prefer them. And uh, I need Ollie Watkins to fire me to safety. I'm level on points at last pace. I'm about 40. Um, so I'm level on wins and draws and whatever. And then I'm about 40 points ahead. Um, so I need I need Ali Watkins big style. I need him to come up trumps and I need him to score goals tomorrow and against Burnley on Thursday. So uh, <laughs> please get fit. Yeah. Well, Jacob Ramsey is back. Interesting yes. to see what he does with the midfield because I can't. I, I liked that midfield against Liverpool. I, I've, I mean, I think Ramsey's in our best eleven. I'm, I'm, I'm not disputing that. But I liked the setup of that midfield. I thought Douglas Luiz in eight. I know he made a mistake for the goal. He's just so much better there than he is as a, as a number six. It's not his fault because I don't think defensively he is a number six. But you play him as an eight, and I really think you see the best sides of sides of his game. Absolutely, and I know we've spoken about this before. You know, when Jared first came in and we played City and we played Liverpool, and I think it was both of those games. Actually, it was where Luis played um, played as uh, as an eight. You definitely did against City, and I think yeah. against Leicester as well. You might have played against Leicester in a game that we we were at the start of the season. Yeah, because Ramsey was ten that game. Yeah, and and he absolutely blitzed it, you know, and he played really well against Liverpool. And I think what we're seeing is that he wants to grab the uh, the bull by the horns in that position uh, as an eight. I heard on a podcast, can't remember which one it was, that um, somebody was close down near the near near the touchline. They heard Mick Beal roaring into the, that at uh, Douglas Luiz to say, okay, you're sitting, you're holding now. And the person just remarked, I can't remember what podcast it was on, but they remarked that you could just genuinely see he didn't want to go back there. He was enjoying playing in the eighth position and he was probably just, and he, he feels himself, or he must feel that the body language was that he's filling in at six. So um, he probably feels he's much more to offer in the eighth position, but mm. um, he's been a willing contributor back there. Yes, I know he had only moved back there, what, two minutes before he gave away the ball. Ball was probably given away because Kearney gave him not the best pass in the world. But Luis has really, really come on in, in strides at that eighth position. I personally would like to see him there. To be honest with you, if Ramsey is fit and they want to, they want to start Ramsey, and uh, I'd nearly, I'd nearly give McGinn the day off. And the reason being is we know what we have is a known proven entity. We don't really know what we have, what Luis and Ramsey can do there. And, yeah, I suppose uh, he has mixed it up a little bit there. recently, hasn't he? He's mixed it up yeah. a few times recently. Just to, you can't not not completely experimenting and writing off games. He's he's not doing that, but he, he wants to see what people can do. We've had a different player at the, the base of the midfield that yeah. the last few games. I mean, Nakamba, you know, probably I'd play him again. I think definitely. Against Palace, I'd like to see Louise at eight again. I, I, I get that point. I'm not advocating that McGinn gets left out permanently, but maybe for one game just to see what it's about. Try that combination and, and, and see what happens, and then use McGinn as an impact sub. I remember once he missed a game, I think it was against, I can't remember who it was against in our 10 game run when we won 10 in a row. He missed a game. He was Derby at home and we won 4 0. And he didn't get straight back in the next game and he came on against Blues away as an impact sub. And he made, and he really made a big impact. Begins mm. the kind of play, you know. He's, he's always going to start, I think, under Stephen Gerrard in the main. He's the kind of player that would come off the bench and make a huge impact, whether you're winning or losing, just because of the type of player he is. Yeah, and and he's like vice vice captain, so you know he put he would. I think he'd understand if he was if he was sat down for a game. It wouldn't be because of his. 
play or anything like that. It would be because, look, we're three games out from the end of the season. We're not going to go down. We still think we can win, but we need to try and experiment with certain things. Well, sorry, I'm not saying we need to, but this is how you no, would, so you would, point. Uh, you, you would break the news to him is that, listen, we want to just see what we have. We don't know whether we're going to keep Dougie. You're safe. You're here next year. And we want to see what we can crack on with. Obviously, Dougie Sluis is a contract situation the end of next year as well. So the club need to know whether they're going to make a few pounds off him this season or, or offer him a new contract or, you know, maybe it's within their, within their remit to say, well, we'll gamble and we'll see if we can, if we can throw two sixes next season. He still plays brilliant. And then we, we offer him a contract next season when realistically for a player like him, and a club like us, he could probably just run down his contract if he is sparkling next season and get a massive free transfer move to Spain or to, to Serie A or whoever it is. You know, so um, it's I think of all the players in the team that we have at the moment, I think there's a real uh, body of work needs to go into Douglas Luiz to see whether we need to keep him, sell him or whether we're confident enough that we can um, we can maybe go into next year without negotiating a new contract. Um and 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 I think I think there's a massive I think there's probably massive discussions about that in the backroom team. You wouldn't want to lose him on a free, would you? Because you know he's got no. he's got market value even now with, with pretty much one year left on his contract. He's he, he's yeah. he would get you'd probably get more than you paid for him even now. I think he's even twenty-four with a year left as well. You know he's, yeah. he's he's relatively young. I forget he's how international. young he is. You know, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see us. I'd obviously I want to see us keep him because I, I want us to keep good players and I, th- I think he is a good player. I don't think he's a six. But I, th- I, th- I think he's a good, a good player. Douglas Luiz. But you almost want it where you would keep him, but still sign a defensive midfielder and still sign another number eight. And then you've got fierce competition in there. And that's what you want. Liverpool don't play the same midfield three every week. It, it, it's a different midfield midfield three every week. And if you want to get to that next level, that's that's what you've got to have. Good options in every position. Liverpool, sometimes Henderson will play at the base. Sometimes he won't play at all. Sometimes he'll play as an eight. You know, Liverpool play a different midfield every game. They did it against us the other night. But if we can get to the point where, you know, we're bringing people like Louise and McGinn on the, the odd game. That, that's what you want to see because you want to have those options. And the whole season, pretty much because of Nakamba's injury, has been Louise, McGinn, Ramsey went fit. That midfield three has picked itself. In that area in particular, out of all the areas, that's where I want to see some competition. And it, not only is it competition, but like we're sitting here now when we're talking about midfield options that we have. I've discounted Samsung completely, but that's just because I think he'll go. I, I, yeah, I think I think Wrighton's on the wall there. I think I think the writing's on the wall there. But when we look at the options we do have in the bench, Sansan's obviously one. I think the I think the determination has been made there. Um, I think Ashley Young is very much going to be signed. Like if he signs again next season, I think it's very much going to be, and I don't want to denigrate him in this way, uh, but I think it could be that that liaison player that you know it's become pretty popular, the likes of Paul McShane at Man United, getting a contract, play at Man United. That's to, mad days. To teach people how to be a professional. And Lee Grant still at Man U as well doing that, isn't he? Fourth choice goalkeeper. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But and I think I think the reason that, that, that this has become you know more full circle in my mind is that Stephen Jared name checked him as somebody that likes a Tommy O'Reilly, the likes of Tim, the likes of even Jacob Ramsey and stuff like that. They look up to, and if they're in the gym. If 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 uh, Ashley Young is in the gym at thirty seven, the boys, the young kids say, "Oh, we need to be in the gym because that's where we need to get to." He name checked his experience, the fact that he's a serial winner, um, and had been at United, had been at um, had been in Serie A as well. So I think he stays on, but I don't know is he going to be a viable option from the bench next year. So when you look at it, there's potentially two. Uh, there there's two up. There's two spaces that are open. Um, one of those, uh, and then pr- probably if you were to look at it, Tim. Tim is going to go out and loan, I would say, next season. 
yeah. I think that's probably the where where he looks at next season. So there's three open spaces in midfield, really, and that's even if we keep who we have. So I think that it, it would be a smart move to loan out Tim. Ashley Young has one season probably left in him. Tim comes in, takes his spot. Sanson is gone. And then next year, maybe they bring in somebody like a big brute in midfield, like we've been calling for. Maybe they bring in another more metronomic player that's able to hold his position and pass, which I thought maybe Sanson might be, but it just hasn't panned out for him uh, this season. So I think I think at the end of the year, there will be spaces in midfield. that will We will still have a huge amount of options, but I think there's a succession plan with the likes of Ashley Young there. Um, Mavis Nakamba, I don't know, will he go on forever? with Aston Villa you know he may not may not get past another contract if we if we re-up his uh, his position and get someone better in there as well you know so I think there's succession planning going on here with the likes of young Tim uh, obviously Jacob Ramsey and then whoever we bring in this this year might only be on three-year contracts they might be older players so I, I think there's a lot of balls to be juggling in that midfield but I think we'll be in a much uh, healthier position come the end of this season or come the end of this transfer window. Let's talk about Crystal Palace then. What have you made of them this season? You know, Vieira got nominated for, for Manager of the Year. I think a lot of people called that Palace would get relegated in the in the in the in the preseason because you know they just had to do so much business. There was such a rebuild in there. But I thought at the time, the two lads that signed at centre back, nice combination, a young player for, for big money and Jockey Anderson, who had good experience at Fulham and had actually played well for Fulham for the whole season. So they got centre back sorted, which made them a, a little bit more solid than perhaps people thought they might be. They've got good attacking options. They've got a lot of bodies to choose from in there, good quality in there as well. Mm. Conor Gallagher's been a revelation in central midfield, as we all know. I think you said that Gaye might not actually be, be playing tomorrow because doubtful he, he, tomorrow, he's doubtful. Yeah. So that's good That's good news because he's player of the year for Crystal Palace. He won their award the other night. But they have been an impressive team. Whenever I've watched Crystal Palace, I've been impressed with them. They, they can play. Yeah, uh, uh, if I was to say about Crystal Palace, like on paper, they should be very, very top-heavy. Like, I, 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 rate, I rate Mark Gray. I don't really rate Anderson. I certainly, like, Tariq Mitchell, I think it's fine. He's a good, he's an up-and-coming player. Probably if he played with Aston Villa, I'd have a better opinion of him. Right back, like, I don't rate Joel Ward at all. Just... Klein's been playing there the last me. few weeks, I think, and done, done quite well, I think. I think they've been impressed Exactly. Like, Nathaniel Klein had a speed bump in the middle of it. So what, what I'm trying to get at here is that the sum of their parts is much better than the individual performances, I think, for, for, for each player. And I think that's different for Aston Villa, whereby sometimes the individual uh, players are pulling it out of the fire for us. So we need to become more resilient and more some of our parts like, uh, like, like Crystal Palace. And that comes with, I suppose, you know, chemistry and playing together. What I mean as well by the fact that they're top heavy, they've got Zaha, Edward, Olise, um, Eze, uh, are you Christian Benteke? Like that's, Mateta. That, that's, uh, Mateta is they've 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 lots of options. In, yeah, in loads. Like we're talking about having two options at the ten position. They've they've loads of options. You know the way that they can the way that they can set up there that forward line as well. And um, I think that if we're going to win at the weekend, and and actually I'm going to call it now, and I think I called it in the wrong preview. I think we're going to go with two nine with two tens. And the reason for that is that we want to put Conor, Conor Gallagher and Will Hughes under as much pressure as possible in that midfield. They'll probably play Jeffrey Schlupp in there as well for a bit of grunt. But I think if we've got Buendia and Coutinho, we can drag them around the place. If Gray isn't playing and if Joel Ward has to go in there or maybe even Tompkins, 
that's even better again because you if you want if you have Tompkins and Anderson beside each other, I think you need to have nippy players and you've got like you don't that's want where to you'd want Watkins playing, isn't it? Because you'd want him yes. to pull people, pull people around, get them into positions but where I, they're not comfortable, drag them out wide. I think Ings can do that too. I think Ings can can do that too, and I think Bundy and Coutinho would be would be given the, the license to get past the line, uh, get past the, the the forward, like we did against Leeds. Remember when we were picking up picking up the ball for the two goals? Actually, Coutinho was picking the ball up maybe in that half space or in the in the space just between the the attacking third and the midfield third, just as as Leeds were playing a high line. Now I don't think Crystal Palace will play a high line specifically if they've got if they've got Duncan's and Anderson because they won't have the pace to to to, to live with Bundia, Coutinho, Ings, whoever it is. But I still think we can pick up uh, pick up positions there. And playing those two, playing the two guys there, Bundy and Coutinho, will drag the likes of Gallagher, Hughes, and Schlupp around the place, and hopefully make it a lot easier for us uh, to find that position. So I think the more I look at it, depending on if Mark Gray is out and if Mac- MacArthur, because James MacArthur has had a fantastic career. He's had a good season. What I would say is yeah. actually about Vieira to cut you off, sorry. I have, I did a podcast on Crystal Palace for the Athletic maybe a month or two ago, and after they beat Arsenal three 0 what Vieira's actually done is. I think they've bought well, which isn't just down to him, of course. He's made the players that I would describe as journeymen players at Crystal Palace, who I've never particularly rated highly, he's actually made them a lot better. You mentioned Schlupp. Schlupp's had his best season for Crystal Palace. Every time I've watched him, MacArthur's been busy and looked good, and I know the Crystal Palace fans are very, very fond of, of James MacArthur. So players that were already at Crystal Palace, even, even if you look at Mateta, Never really yes. done anything for them, has he? But he had that run maybe a month or so ago where he was in the goals and causing problems. And I think he scored against Arsenal in that game that I mentioned. He's actually made players that have been jobbing players over the years, he's made them a lot better. Vieira's mm. done a, a really, really good job at Crystal Palace and they're way safe. And that's what I was saying is that their new manager has come in and solidified the team. And pretty, you know, he's, he's played the hand he's dealt. Whereas Gerard has come into us and bought Coutinho and Dina and Callum Chambers, and we've swapped and changed an awful lot. And I think they've been given two different remits for two very, very obvious reasons. One is Vera is there since the start of the season. Installation. He's quite light, though, to be fair to him, because, you know, they messed around getting the manager in for so long. Vera was like eighth choice or something in the end. Yeah, but, but he still had time to inst- install yeah, more time than Gerard, and stuff of course, like yeah. that. Gerard has come in and Gerard has had to work on the fly. And he's, um, I think, I, I genuinely believe for the last six games he's been, or for, for at least the last six games, he's been experimenting to find out what he actually has in the team. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you, you could, like I said, at the top end, episodes. if you're changing yeah. the defensive midfielder three games in a row, which we have, yeah. you're, ex- you're experimenting. Yeah. You're seeing what people are about. And I, I don't disagree yeah. with that. These things we people called for James to play defensive midfield earlier earlier on in the season. Watched it against Burnley; it was fine for that game. I don't think it's a long term thing I'd be comfortable with, but we've now seen it. Rogbenham's had a game there, so we know what he's about now against Norwich. That was a good one to play him against Nor- Norwich at home, and no brainer to put him in for that game and see what he's about. And now Nakamba's hopefully got some fitness back. He's done sixty minutes. Hopefully, we can ramp him up towards the end of the season. And Gerard seems very very keen on Nakamba, so. Yeah, we are experimenting. We are we are seeing what the squad's about, and I think that's the right way to be at this stage of the season. Mm, yeah, and and games against Crystal Palace will tell because of all the games we've got left. Beat Palace, catapult yourself into the top ten again, top half of the season. The words that always echo in the back of my mind are Christian Perslow's words of "We always have to be continually um, progressing." Constant improvement. We're not going to improve in points wise. 
but Gerard will want to turn around at the end of the season and say, well, we finished ninth, you know, because it's uh, it's going to be an easy indicator. It's going to be an easily understood metric and indicator for him and his own performance appraisals, which I'm sure he's going to have. Now, I know he's not, he's not he's not going to be appraised by stupid people who are going to fall for that and stuff. They're obviously going to have way more metrics and, and uh, things that they've wanted to hit. But for the club itself to be on that upward trajectory, even uh, even looking outwardly, once again, we started it off the podcast and we were talking about, you know, raising the profile, doing deals with bigger clubs, mm. buying bigger players. Look, if a player is looking at Aston Villa Football Club and sees them finishing ninth in the Premier League, as opposed to finishing 13th or 14th in the Premier League, that's going to have an influence on them. Not to mind the the difference in the two and a half million per per place that's that the big. club is going to bank. Like that's big money. I think next year it's going up to somewhere. I think it's two point seven five, or it might even be going up to three million. I think I read, uh, maybe not next year, but soon. I think it is going to go up. So the the jockeying and the, and and the jostling for positions is really important at the end of the season. So for for us anyway, this certainly is not a dead rubber match at the end of, for the, for the end of the season. And uh, you know it'd be nice to increase our win total to fourteen, considering that we've had such a big loss total. Uh, being 18 for the season it'd be nice to try and get those closer to parity between now and the end of the season yeah start fast what we did against Liverpool I loved that start yeah. the other night Villa Park yeah. was rocking it'll be the, be the same again coming towards the end of the season I know Villa Park under the lights is special but I still think just the fact that the season's ended everyone feels in a decent place again in the last few weeks I think Villa Park will be buzzing so let's have a, let's have a fast start and I, like I we did against right. Liverpool I, I think they will be buzzing because we know Phil Coutinho four years I imagine that I'm going to turn on the TV and it's going to, my speakers are going to blow out from everybody singing that song. Like, because it should be sang nonstop for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. Biggest transfer in our history. It's big for uh, him as well I, to be settled and know where he's yeah. playing. I think that would be a big thing for him as well. That might relax him up a little, a, a little bit. He looked, he looked a bit leggy at times against Liverpool, but, you, you know, he might come over across with a new sense of freedom. Now he knows what he's doing. He knows he's going to be here. He can settle down. His family are already with him, but he knows his family are going to be with him in the, in the UK, in, in lovely Birmingham for the next four years. You know, that's a, that's a big thing to play as feeling settled. It, it, it helps. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And just before, I just nervously checked the ch- checked the the comments there because I said biggest transfer in our history, and I was fully expecting somebody to say, "What about Andy Gray or somebody like that?" No, I think these are like, "Oh no." You can <laughs> biggest, argue it, but I think since, people will know your point. Football you began it. in '92. It's our biggest our biggest transfer since football began. If you're signing the fourth most expensive player in in world football from Barcelona, yeah, no matter what you think, that's a big signing. I don't yeah. think I think. No one could argue with what you've said. People might have their own opinions, but I don't think anyone could look at you and say, that's a stupid thing to say. I think it's mm. a it's a fair comment. Let's go then, Neil. Let's get on and enjoy our Saturdays. Let you get back to your painting. Thanks ever so much for joining me and being a makeshift producer as well. No mistake, so it's actually been better than Adam being here. <laughs> Thanks to Luke Roper for sponsoring us as well. Don't forget to use that discount code TVV20 and you'll get 20% off everything on their website, including sale items that are already discounted. So save yourself some money and use the code TVV20. A bit all over the place with the post-match points, but we will be back with one probably on Monday after the Crystal Palace game. So keep an eye on our social media and we'll let you know when that's coming. Again, thanks for watching. Have a good weekend. Enjoy Villa Park tomorrow. Up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.